It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Hope you're having a blessed weekend. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, we're proud to introduce you to several young people, teens who are doing great things right here in our community and making our community and beyond a better place. Remember to join the conversation this morning. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Head there and like us there on Facebook. Also, now you can listen to the show anytime. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Podcast One or the iTunes Store. We begin this morning with teens who are doing great things with Kylie. Kylie is here this morning to share her story. Welcome to the show this morning, Kylie. Thank you. Now, your world changed forever on November 10th, 2014. Explain to us what happened and what you remember. Um, So I got home from school that day. It was about 3.30 probably. Um, I smelled something really strange in the bathroom, and I was just thinking, what could I do to mask the smell? So um, there was a candle in the bathroom, so I lit the candle, and as soon as I lit the candle, everything blew up in my face. Um, I woke up to my dog barking at me. Uh, We ran out of the house. My neighbors were already out there since they heard a loud boom. And uh, that's where they called the ambulance and my parents. And from there, I was um, transported, airlifted to Shriners Hospitals for Children. And I stayed there for 38 days. 38 days. And so how old were you? I was 16. You were 16. And so you mentioned you spent 38 days in the hospital. What was the extent of your injuries? Um, I was burned 45% of my body. Um, The majority of those were third-degree burns with uh, about 20% second-degree burns. So when you get to the hospital and you begin to digest and understand what happened to you and learn your injuries, what were your initial fears and thoughts and concerns? What was going through your mind at that time? Well, um, when I first got there, I wasn't really sure what had happened. Um, My parents, obviously, were the ones who knew how bad it was. Um, I didn't for a while. I was heavily sedated and I wasn't really sure what, how badly I was burned or anything like that. The only thing I knew was that something wasn't right because I was in the hospital and they never, they might've told me, I don't remember, but I was so heavily sedated. I don't even remember if they told me how long I would be staying there. So do you remember the first time you actually saw the scars? Not specifically. I remember them showing me a booklet of like what it might look like in the future and what it could look like if I do everything that I was told to therapy wise. Um, but I do remember looking in the mirror for the first time. I didn't have any hair. They sha- they had to shave my hair. Um, my eyelashes were pretty badly singed. Um, I had burns all over my face uh, and I just kept thinking like it could be worse because I seen a lot of other kids in there that actually had it worse. So I didn't, I tried to keep positive about it. Even at that stage, even your first time. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. So at what point did you begin to feel that you were going to be okay, that things were going to be okay? You were going to recover. You were going to mm-hmm. make it through this. How long did it take for you to feel that way? It was probably about two weeks into it yeah i mean i'm sure that i said a few things along the way during those two weeks but for the most part those two weeks were pretty rough i just kept thinking to myself why me you know 
I just didn't understand it. But after that, I was able to get up and walk around and I was able to see the other kids and hang out with the other kids. And a lot of them were worse than I was. So I just kept telling myself, like, this could be worse. I don't have the worst situation in here right now. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking to some amazing young people. We're talking to Kylie Brookbank. She's the author of the book, Beautiful Scars. We'll talk about the book in a second here. For more information on her story or more information on the show, you can like us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can head there now, like us there now, and you can actually join the conversation there as well. Let's go ahead and talk about the book. Now, the title of the book is Beautiful Scars, as I mentioned, A Life Redefined why did you decide to put your story on paper? Well, we thought about it a lot at first because a lot of news media sites and places from really far away were trying to get in touch with me and my family to um, understand what we'd been through. And I'm not really sure why they were so interested in it, but they were. And so we did one locally. We did one um, for Channel 9 News here in Cincinnati. And it was great. It turned out amazing. It ended up being published in like the Daily Mail and all this crazy stuff to us. But um, we thought we could do something good with it. Since there was getting so much attention, we thought, well, maybe we can do something that could potentially help other people that are in my situation or similar situations. So we thought about a book and that's where we are now. So, Kylie, what was the writing process like for you during this book? Because a lot of times when you've been through something so traumatic, when you write about it, it's either like therapy or it's very painful. What was your experience? Uh, for me, it was it was kind of like realizing everything for the first time. For a lot of the time, I was really out of it. I wasn't sure what was going on. And I this was like my opportunity to understand what I actually been through and what my family has been through. So. I guess for me, it was more of a therapy. We had never really talked about what happened. I mean, we, we you and your mom. Yeah, my family. Okay, yeah. Okay. We had just kind of understood that it was something that I had been through and we just never really said anything else about it. Once I got home from the hospital, we talked about therapy and how to get better. And we never talked about what actually happened in the hospital. So for this book, I was able to actually understand what I had been through because I was so out of it for most of the time. Now, the book is told in both your perspective and your mom's perspective. She's here in the studio with us right now. What were some of the most difficult things to read about your mom's experience, her perspective? Because, you know, you, as you just said, you guys didn't really talk. So most certainly, I'm sure she wasn't revealing her deepest feelings. And then she does so in this book. What was it like for you to read those things? It was actually really cool because the way we wrote the book was we had a ghostwriter and we would do interviews back and forth. So I would do an interview and then my mom would do an interview. So the first time we ever read, read the manuscript, we didn't know what was in it. We didn't know what each other had put in it. So we had just been reading it for the first time, trying to approve and disprove what we wanted in there. And for the first time, I was it was really it was actually a very cool experience because we didn't know what each other was saying. We just were able to read it for the first time and get it out. Okay, cool in what way? Um, I just didn't know what she had been through. I knew, obviously, it was hard on her being a mother, but I didn't know exactly how she felt, her feelings, her feelings about my brother and my other siblings. Like I, I just didn't know that it was that hard on them, too. Okay, and what was the most difficult thing to read about, um, to understand about what your mom went through? Um, my brother, because he was 13 at the time, 
And being 13, he he didn't understand. He thought he was if he was there, he could help. And obviously we all knew that that wasn't possible, but he had it in his head that it was his fault because he should have been there to help me. And she had to deal with that while I was in the hospital dealing with some of the hardest things ever. Let's go. We're going to bring mom in here. Okay. Very quickly. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. So explain that. So we were talking about your perspective for the first time. What was it like for you on the other end to read about some of the things that she was going through and in her own head, her own mind? Yeah, well, she was so highly sedated in the beginning that, you know, we didn't understand or even just fathom the idea that, oh, wow, she's not going to remember a lot of it. And in the end, it ended up being a good thing. But she actually was very, um, I don't know, perceptive to um, be open to say, hey, this is the new me and I'm going I'm going to be OK and I know I have my family's support. So when she actually wrote um, and talked about it, we were able to process like in her view of how she was really feeling, because at the time she would it wasn't that she didn't want to say anything. It was that she was in so much pain and going through extensive therapy that she just couldn't go through everything. And with the process of being able to be verbal and say, hey, instead of me looking at you saying, I don't want to do this today, I don't want to do my stretching because I'm tired. You know, she couldn't just say that. Then she would just, you know, maybe have, um, you know, not a bad attitude, but more of, you know, mom, I just, I don't want to do this today. You know, she would, she would just be very moody about it. So for us to read it and understand like, wow, you know, she was really going through far more than we were going through. Um, it really put things into perspective for us. And also with, uh, her brother Cameron and he was so young and he just felt so responsible for everything. So, you know, reading his, because he actually has a chapter in the book as well, then, you know, that talks about, you know, how he felt and how he felt about her and the protection piece that, you know, it just uh, opens your minds to a lot of things, that there's a lot of things that go on in life that you can't control. And you just have to figure a way as a family around it. You know, as a parent, it's hard to imagine to see your child in um, obviously so much pain. What is it that sustained you through those 38 days when she was in the hospital plus the last few years? Um, we knew it was temporary. Uh, there was a great nurse that was on third shift there and shared that with us the first week. And that was a lot of the, the best information she could have given us because it was very temporary. The scars are forever, but you know, the, the pain she was going through the therapy, you know, the, the family turmoil of us trying to get ourselves together, all, all those things were just temporary. And we knew there was life at the end of the tunnel. All right. Thank you, Lori. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, all morning long, we're talking to teenagers who are doing some really great things, some really awesome teenagers. Right now, we're talking to Kylie Brookbank. She's the author of the book, Beautiful Scars, A Life Redefined. For more information, you can reach out to us on Facebook. You can actually join the conversation there as well. Go to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. Now, Kylie, you've had some celebrities step up and support you like Justin Bieber, Dancing with the Stars winner J.R. Martinez. You've been featured on The Doctors and Inside Edition. What has that been like for you, Kylie? I think it's just... Because you're stepping into the spotlight now, right. something that you you know, you know never thought. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell me about that. I never thought that I would be anywhere near like anything like this. I never knew that I would be on... Inside Edition, you know, that's a big deal for a lot of people. And it was for me, too. And I just thought that it was such a life-changing experience because I was able to put my story out there 
in a way that would help others. And I think that's a great platform for someone to have. So for me to be able to do what I wanted to do with this story is amazing. And what about Justin Bieber? What was your experience like with him? Look at you smiling there. (laughs) How awesome was that? That was awesome. Um, I guess my friends had been, when I was in the hospital, they'd been tweeting out uh, stuff like hashtag Kylie meet JB and all this random stuff. I didn't know they were doing it, (laughs) but it turns out they did it. And when I went on the doctors, I guess they did their research and they found a lot of people saying that. So I went on the show, didn't have any idea that that was ever going to happen. Went out there. They showed me a video of him saying, oh, how inspiring, whatever. And I, I thought that was cool enough. I was like, oh, great. That's awesome. And then a bunch of the crowd like starts cheering and making all kinds of noise. And I'm like looking around like, what is going on? And then he comes out with the big bouquet of flowers. And it's like, oh, wow, it's Justin Bieber. Okay. And I saw that particular show. And Justin Bieber said to you, wait till you see what I have for you behind stage. What did he have for you behind stage that day? Um, He just invited us to his studio that night. And we hung out there for a few hours. And Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you just hung out? You record some music or something? No, <laughs> no. But I'm sure he would have tried because at one point he was like, hey, do you sing? And I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was cool. Now, you founded your own charity. It's called Kylie Gives Back Foundation. Tell us about the organization and what you guys do. Uh, so the Kylie Gives Back Foundation uh, was founded in part because we wanted to help Shriners Hospitals for Children here in Cincinnati. Um, We just wanted to show them how grateful we were because they are a donation-based hospital, and we wanted to be able to show our gratitude in some way. And so we started doing a golf tournament, and this is um, this past year was our third year, and we've raised over $230,000. We just wanted to show them how much we appreciated their work, and we know that there's a lot of other kids in there who need this treatment, and that's what this money is for. Okay, and if our listeners, if they would like to donate to your charity, how can they find out more? How can they donate? Yeah, they can go to KylieGivesBackFoundation.org. Okay. Now let's talk about this. Now you mentioned inside edition. And one thing that I really liked about that story, they were talking about for the first time you were wearing a strapless dress showing your scars and things like that. What has that whole journey been like for you to get to a point where you're now comfortable enough in your own skin to be able to do something like that? Well, at first when I started, when I was released from the hospital, they made me wear these really, really restricting Uh, They're called garments. They covered my full body, head to toe, like all the way to the end of the toes, fingertips and everything, gloves, everything. So I was so done with those. (laughs) I just wanted, I just didn't care anymore. And I kept telling myself, as long as I'm like acting like a normal person and not like being negative about everything, then I can probably get through it. And I did. So once I got was able to get my garments off, I was like, oh, I'm so free. Like, I can do this. And then, you know, there are people who look and I get stares sometimes, but I just, I just choose to brush it off and not care about what they think. Okay. You're just happy to be out of those garments. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> okay. And I understand that you have a children's book coming out very soon. Tell me about the project. Uh, Yeah, so it's called Digger the Hero Dog. And as I mentioned before, that my dog was actually the one who woke me up and saved me. And um, that's how I got out of the house. So 
we thought it would be a good opportunity to try and teach children about fire safety and, you know, things like that. And the way we chose to do that is through a children's book. All right. I can't wait to read the book. Now, I understand that you are currently enrolled in college. You're in your second year. You're at Xavier University. What's your major? It's communication. All right. You're going to take my job one day. Yep. <laughs> all right. There you go. All right. Now, Kylie, let me ask you this now. Like all the teenagers we're featuring this morning, you are doing some really great things, some amazing things with your life. How do you then find life balance between because now you are a college student, you have your own foundation. How do you find balance and time to just be a teenager? How do you find that balance? And is that difficult for you? It's hard. It is. I'm not going to try and say that it's not, but it's very rewarding. So no matter what, I always think like I'm doing this for a good reason and I'm doing college to better myself, my education, and I'm doing these charity things because I want to help other people. So Both of them are win situations, and I just keep thinking about that every time I'm doing something that has to do with either one of those things. So when I opened up the book, Kylie, the first thing I noticed is that you dedicated the book to anyone going through a life-changing setback or challenge. What has your personal life-changing setback or challenge, what has this all taught you from 45% of your body being burned, 20% third-degree burns, 38 days in the hospital up until now? What has your personal life-changing setback or challenge taught you? Um, It's taught me to be more of a positive person. Not that I was ever super negative. It's just now that I had my everything put into perspective for me, I was able to see what is really important in life. So I put those things top priority and I just keep a positive outlook on things. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Again, the title of the book is Beautiful Scars, A Life Redefined. If our listeners would like to get a copy of the book, if they would like to find out more about you, Kylie, how can they do so? Um, They can go to uh, Kaikam Projects. That's K-I-C-A-M Projects dot com. Or they can follow me on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. Thank you. We've been speaking to 19-year-old Kylie. Again, the title of her book is Beautiful Scars. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment.